Want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, with no ads? Become a bonus Burt Show subscriber. Find out more at theburtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. So exhausted I couldn't even get off the couch last night, and we didn't even really do all that much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not physical stuff anyway. We had our uh, Burt's Big Adventure staff conference over the weekend, so we have all been hanging out with each other uh, for the last 48 hours also. Um, and just getting to know the families a little bit better. They weren't there, but we go over their applications. The doctors and the nurses tell us exactly uh, what to be on the lookout for and just prepare for Burt's Big Adventure, which is the trip we take down to Disney World every year with kids that have chronic and terminal illnesses and just be prepared. So this was the weekend that we all sit down, look at the applications, hang out with each other. And I was exhausted last (laughs) night. Well, you were exhausted last night. We didn't do anything. Oh, so wiped. (laughs) And it's such an emotionally charged weekend. I think that's why, because we really dive into the stories of these kids and the the things that they have been through as a family. So I just got home and I just sat there like my eyes wouldn't stop tearing up. And I just ate pizza and stared at a screen and snuggled with my kids. I was useless. It was Cassie that really brought up the point that I didn't even realize with the staff all these years. And something that I'm really proud of that I want to share with you guys that, um, man, you, these kids are and family are really in good hands with this staff. I mean, super good. I mean, I've already known that, but as we were talking about it, and Cassie mentioned it in one of our meetings, this that she feels a certain amount of pressure to make sure that these four or five days, which have been building now with our staff 24-7 for an entire year, there's a lot of pressure on the staff just to make sure everything goes right for these families. So I think I really got very in touch with that. It's, uh, it's a really fun trip. It's a I, we got a staff that really takes it very, very seriously. And if you are giving to Burt's Big Adventure, I'm proud of that. We all know it's a privilege. Sorry, Being part of this team and getting to go on this trip is a privilege. And we just want to make it the best for this yeah. once-in-a-lifetime thing for the kids. And we want to make sure that these families, everything the Burt's Big Adventure Corps staff has worked hard on for the past... 365 days. I kid you not, on our family day on Sunday, our Birth Big Adventure staff is booking the hotels for the next year. (laughs) (laughs) So we want to make sure that we um, do right by them and make sure it's a successful trip. And then also for the families. Like um, we had Atlanta Wellness there to um, help us um, find mindfulness as we go into this trip. And we just realized, like, we all just care a lot. And we just want to make this the best trip ever for these families. Because for a lot of families, this is their first family vacation ever. Might be the last one for a while. Exactly. So you just, you don't, you don't take that lightly. Mm -mm. I mean, granted... It's Disney, and it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we don't take fun lightly here. Yeah, and you got to remember also um, that a lot of these families have never been on a plane before. I mean, one of the uh, requirements is this is a trip they wouldn't be able to take themselves, and that probably uh, that constitutes ninety percent of America with the <laughs> prices of Disney World now. Um, and they've never been to Disney, never been on a plane. So while it's really fun to go around, it's intimidating. It's really intimidating, especially when you have a special needs kid. So it's stressful for them. Yeah, it, w- it was nice when we were all sitting around for the the mindful the Atlanta Wellness mindful uh, activity, and the word pressure just kept coming up over <laughs> and over. Because when I wrote it down, I thought that was a me thing. I, I didn't know. realize that everybody had that same pressure on themselves and just on just wanting 
everything to do right and make everything be perfect. So that tells you how much everybody cares, and I think that's where a lot of that emotional drain comes from. You too, Abby? Yeah, and I, I definitely feel some pressure since it's my first one. because Noob! I'm, Noobie! I, I'm a newbie! Because <laughs> I, I kind of know what I'm getting into, but at the same time, everything is new territory except for Disney because I'm a Floridian and I've been a thousand times, but it is going to be a new dynamic. I, I was talking about this on the trip when we were doing the mindfulness activity and we were meditating and we were picturing ourselves walking into Magic Kingdom and seeing the castle and what it all was going to be like. And for me, at first, I felt pressure because I'm like, I, I want everyone to have a good time and I want to make sure that, you know, the family is, is having the vacation they dreamed of. But at the same time, I was kind of like, it's a little bit of a relief that all the hard work has been done. We just have to press play yeah. and be there for the families. And uh, our job literally is just to have fun. So that for me is what's taking the pressure off. And here's the thing about Disney World also, and this is going to be, I'd say overall with Burt's Big Adventure, I've probably been to Disney World now 26 times, 27 times. You bragger. I, I, what I was going to say is I still learn things about Disney every uh, uh-huh. single time you're there. I mean, there's, I just found out about the Ratatouille ride, like last year. I'm oh. like, how is it possible? I've been going every year and I never knew about this ride. Well, that one's new. Is it new? Yeah. yeah. It's it was, brand new? Yeah, it was like a, maybe a year old. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that explains it. That, yeah. would make sense. <laughs> that would definitely make some sense. One of the side things that I'm going to be looking at is watching Abby interact with kids because she's just not... <laughs> And I, when I was your age, I was the exact same way around little kids. I wanted, I just didn't really know what to say or act. And I think Abby's going into this first big adventure the same way. A little. There's an SNL sketch that Kristen Stewart did a while back where it was like Duolingo, but for how to talk to kids. And I was watching it the other day and I was like, oh, yes, conversation starters for four-year-olds. I should write these down before the trip. <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah. Uh, your kids and your families. And thank you very much for donating to Burt's Big Adventure. I just want to let you know that this is a staff that takes it very, very seriously and we are not wasting your money. Not one penny. I promise you that. The Burt Show. All right, Abby, this email here for you and your dating life might be accurate, yet maybe mistimed if you're still taking my challenge. I am taking your challenge very seriously. Last week, I... I went out and I was trying to ignore the men, but you guys told me I need to pivot and stop ignoring the men and start focusing more on me so that way the ignoring comes more naturally. So that's the phase of the journey that I'm in in terms of <laughs> ignoring men for the next 30 and, days. And why are you ignoring men? Because you said I'm desperate. <laughs> I'm trying to prove to you that I'm not. There are some things that in, in, in life you could want too much and people can identify it. And I think in the dating world, I don't know what it is. Nobody has proven it. Fauci has never said anything about it. It. So it's not science. Um, <laughs> but there is just something about like having the attitude like I don't care that draws people to you. Mo agrees with that. I do. I, I think it's something with the universe. I don't I don't know what it is either, but it just always seems like when you are not looking, when you are not trying, when you feel like you're not in that place of your life, the universe decides to bring the person that is for you around. And, and people are attracted to a certain level of confidence. I think there's a little air of confidence there mm-hmm. that because um, you don't want to be like a like completely aloof because that can be off-putting. I think there's a delicate balance there mm-hmm. of of caring just enough, just right. <laughs> let them earn it. <laughs> let them earn your attention. Exactly. Yeah, right? I mean, I am confident, confidently desperate. But <laughs> <laughs> so we're trying to shed her up. And the challenge was: look, if you really did this for an entire month, you don't use any of your dating apps when you go out. You just have this attitude of like, I don't care what happens. I certainly don't need a man that they will be attracted to you. And I offered her $1,000 if she could go 30 days without doing that. So when you finally come out of this successfully, this email here is probably waiting for you. Because I think the point they're trying to make is there's a cliche that 
most women, if they really truly love their dad and his characteristics, that you end up falling in love and you should be looking for a man that's a lot like your dad. Oh. All right. So this is what the, I think this is the direction this is this email is sending you. Hi, Bird Show. Big fan. All the way from South Africa. So cool. <laughs> I discovered y'all four years ago on Facebook and have been hooked ever since. Last year, we immigrated to the U.S., Charleston, South Carolina. And as soon as we got our car, your radio station was the first one to look for. It's Destiny. You're wearing your Charleston shirt today, Abby. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Wait, that is. Yeah. <laughs> the invisible string theory is stringing. <laughs> I also listen to you on my school drop off route, then listen to your podcast every day. English is not my first language, so just bear with me. I've been very successful in my dating life. I've never broken up with. I've never been broken up with. My husband and I have been together for 10 years, married for six. We have a son together. We even move continents together. I like this theory that it's a successful dating life if you've never been broken up with. <laughs> if you're the one that's always doing the breaking up, you're undefeated. <laughs> my question is for Abby and would like to try and assist her with her dating life dilemma. I need Abby to list 10 things she absolutely loves about her dad. 10 things she hates. And 10 things she is willing to let slide slash live with. She does not have to do all 30 of them, but as many as she is willing to fill per category. It can be anything from his height to his smell. Is he stubborn? A loud chewer? Is he the responsible or fun parent? Does he have a good relationship with his family? Animal lover? His weight? Eye color? Is he the breadwinner? So literally anything and everything. This theory has been tried, tested, proposed to, and church bells have rung over and over again with everyone in my friends and family group. We'd love to hear back from y'all. So they never really say what the experiment is for, but I think that's what they're getting at. That right? is what, yeah. Because the subject line said, should she date her dad? <laughs> yeah, that's why I had to read it first. Yes. So like, this is going to be a hell of a way to start a Monday right here. <laughs> so do you understand the theory there? I do understand the theory, but my one stipulation with this is, is I don't think my pickers off. I think a lot of women have a hard time picking the right men. Like they're attracted to really toxic things because of past trauma. And, you know, they find like guys that are really hot and cold, really sexy. For me, I, th I think I have a really good understanding of what I'm looking for. And I think what I'm looking for is healthy. I just don't think that person is looking for me. <laughs> you mean <laughs> mentally and like emotionally healthy? Maybe. It probably physically too. Okay. I don't know. I'm attracted to hot guys and, you know, maybe they're just like, the nose job isn't helping that much, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's new. It's like driving around a new car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's still settling in. It's still it, swollen a little bit. Have you, when you, like when you get a new car, you get a certain car or color and you notice all the other same cars and all the, have you noticed a lot of other nose jobs around you? No. Oh. I, well, I, I guess getting a nose job is a lot more common than you would think because I've gotten a lot of DMs about it. But like yeah. looking around, I'm actually noticing how normal it is to have a not nose job nose. I know a lot of people love that new nose smell. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it is like smelling an HD now. <laughs> Super smell. All right, so let's try this at least for, you know, just as an experiment. Why don't you cut 10 is a lot for yes. every category. Yeah. So why don't you do five in each category okay. and then we'll check it out tomorrow and see if that lines up with what you think you are looking for in a man. I'm happily, I can do it. Okay. Can do it. The Birch Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Birch Entertainment bus. Imagine having the best day of your career and the worst day of your life. 
all in one day because that's what happened to rapper Killer Mike. So he was nominated for three Grammys yesterday and he swept them all. He got all the awards. He won Best Rap Album and Best Rap Song and Best Rap Performance for his single Scientists and Engineers. Hell yeah, rappers in STEM. And he accepted the awards and then not long after he was arrested by the Los Angeles Police Department. So thankfully it wasn't anything that, it wasn't for anything that happened at the Grammys. Uh, CNN is reporting that the Los Angeles Police Department hasn't booked for a physical altercation that took somewhere else. So glad mm. that none of the other celebs are getting. Do we know what happened? Uh, I read TMZ saying some reports that he got into some kind of altercation with the security guard. I, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but that seems to be the only news that has come out that may have been a possible reason for his arrest. Security guard at the event? At the event. At the event, at like, the Grammys. While he was trying to get into the event, I guess they got into it in the rain for some odd reason, but nobody seemed to know why or exactly what happened. There's like a video of a brief little, um, uh, it wasn't really like a tussle or anything. It just seemed like a, a disagreement. Uh-huh. <laughs> a tussle. <laughs> I just love the idea of two grown men getting into a tussle. And, and ironically, for those who really don't know hip hop, I know his name doesn't suggest it, but it's like really surprising that Killer Mike yeah. of all rappers is a guy who got arrested at the Grammys. I would have never saw that coming. Because he's like a super nice guy. Yeah. That's what saying. Yeah. yeah, that's not really his style. It's so funny because you're so right. Like his name is not indicative of mm-hmm. who he is as a person at all. At all. So, yeah, it was surprising. Yeah, because I think most people, if they're not familiar with the with a lot of people in rap, they're like, ah, oh, Killer Mike getting arrested, that adds up. Sounds right? about right. <laughs> yeah, <that's> about right. <laughs> he's, he's not not Killer Mike. <laughs> All right, since it's the first full week of Black History Month, I thought I would kick off something I'm going to do once a, day, once a day for every day in February, and it's going to be your Black Entertainment History Fact of the Day. So uh, this is something I found on TikTok, so... Um, uh, so I thought this was really interesting. So every single day when I was growing up, my mom would pack me those famous Amos cookies. Mm-hmm. I used to have a little Uncrustable, little famous Amos cookies. Oh, don't get Tommy started on famous <laughs> Amos. We, They're we so will, good. We'll be here for a while. That's They're a, fire. That's a big spot. They, they need to restock in the uh, break room, by the way. <laughs> so the guy behind it is actually the was the first black talent agent of any of the major talent agencies and somehow got into the cookie business. So I'm talking about Wally Amos, who's best n- known now for famous Amos. He opened the first chocolate chip cookie store in the world in 1975 after working for William Morris Endeavor, which if you don't know, WME is like one of the biggest talent agencies in the world. He signed Simon and Garfunkel. He worked with the Supremes. He worked with Diana Ross, Marvin Gaye, and he would always bake cookies and bring them to the meetings. And then he was like, well, I should I should make a business out of this. So then he started Famous Amos in really? 1975. And that's how his cookie business got started. Then some other stuff happened and he had to sell his shares. So he's not with Famous Amos anymore, but he does have another brand of cookies called the Cookie Kahunas now. So if you want to support your boy, uh, Famous Amos, you can look for your Cookie Kahunas anywhere. I didn't know about the cookie cojones part, but I did know the rest, like that he did that. And yeah, obviously he uh, he made a pretty good business decision going mm-hmm. into the cookie business. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, now we have a big pivot. Um, I started this last month, but every 30 days or so, some guy will get super popular on TikTok and everyone in the comments will kind of roll their eyes and be like, oh, this is the new white boy of the month. So here we go again. <laughs> so now that January has come and gone, let's see who the latest flavor of vanilla is. <laughs> They're attractive and unproblematic. Can, can everyone just 
loves him on TikTok. White boys of the month? A white man? No! Abby has done the work to bring you the <laughs> white boy of the month. <laughs> I love that Schmidt quote. All right, so our nominees for white boy of the month. This month, we've got Joey from The Bachelor. Finally, The Bachelor hired a hot guy to be the lead. We've been in the trenches for a long time. This is our Bachelor, for those who can't see him holding up Joey. Viewing has been up 219% for The Bachelor, which is huge. It has near, it has completely doubled. Uh, people are loving him, A, because he's hot, but he's also very affectionate with the women. So people have been loving Joey from The Bachelor. So he is our first nominee. I love that you printed these out in color for us. <laughs> I just wanted you guys to see. It was Black and white was so bad last time. You couldn't see it, and I wanted it to be in HD. This All is right. the assignment she takes very, very, very seriously. Serious. Very, very seriously. Okay, second nominee, we got Travis Kelsey. Obviously, because him and Taylor are just so cute. But also, he broke Jerry Rice's reception record, which is huge. And, you know, he looks really good doing it, too. So shout out to Travis Kelsey. Okay, our third nominee. <laughs> our third nominee is this guy named Jet who came out of nowhere on the TikTok. Jet, Jet? And, po Jet and Pookie. Yeah. Uh, you might recognize him from Pookie's TikToks that sound like this. Saturday night, going to house, our favorite steakhouse on the planet. And I got to say, Pookie looks absolutely fire tonight. <laughs> Babe, I am just seeing your outfit for the first time. What are you wearing? I'm wearing a House of Stevie top. So people are calling him the ultimate simp. Anytime she posts an outfit photo, he is like thrilled. He's like, oh, you look so good, baby. <laughs> but he's also, uh, he graduated valedictorian at UPenn. So, you know, he gets a little, yeah. he gets a little hype of his own. And finally, our white boy of the month. Can we get a drum roll, please? This month is going to none other than Jason Kelsey. <laughs> Jason is regarded as one of the greatest centers in the NFL history. Supposedly, he played his last game ever, and he managed to be shown... he. He, is man he got managed to be shown more times than Taylor Swift <laughs> at the one game he went to, which takes a lot of, uh, of star power. So shout out to you, Jason Kelsey. I will be adding you to the White Boy of the Month Did calendar. Did I hear correctly that there's now a shirtless Jason Kelsey action figure? No. When he took his shirt so. off at the game? Really? Yeah, it popped up on Facebook over the weekend. You could buy it. I hope he's getting royalties. All right, he stood up for his wife on the Grammy stage. Was it the right thing to do, or was it disrespectful to the award show? We'll debate Jay-Z's speech on your next e-buzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. So she wants shorter women to stop dating only tall men. I feel her. I, I, I thought about you immediately. <laughs> I also thought about Abby when I saw this video go viral. Bird, you've had this uh, same perspective from the other side, and I knew you would feel happy to see somebody finally joining your army of people who feel this way. And why do you? Why did you think of Bert when you heard this? So it's from a wild content Twitter, and I'm not exactly sure who the young lady is. But she went viral, but she didn't have her name attached to it. But she is sitting in a car, and she is um, vocalizing the fact that she is very tired of shorter women who only date taller men. Abby, <laughs> don't you? want me to forget about men we're doing a lot of targeted dating segments this morning i'm trying to get that thousand dollars from our bet well from when it's over you'll be ready armed and ready to go so this might help you because this will make you or at least try to convince you to leave all of the men who are taller than you abby alone here are her thoughts oh okay. short women shouldn't date tall guys our systems crashed in here
Oh, of course it is. All right, so, yeah, basically her point is that she feels like she cannot find a taller man because she is a taller woman. So she is in that range of women who are like Mm 5'10 or taller, and every time that she turns on her social media or she turns on the TV, she's women who are 5'6 or under demanding that all of their boyfriends be 6'3 or taller. And Uh she just feels like it doesn't look right. It's off. Why do you need a man that tall? It looks like somebody is running around with their Tyler. These are her words. (laughs) Not mine. We have it now if you want it. And here it is. Girls who start dating the short kings. Please. I'm begging you. If you're 5'4", a guy that's 5'9", is still 5 inches taller than you. 5 inches taller than me is 6'5". Okay, 5'9 might not be tall for the earth, but he's tall for you. Just do me a solid, man. Stop snatching up all the prime real estate. I saw a girl that's 5'2", dating a guy that's 6'8". How does that even work? You're going to give that man back problems. Like, is he squatting down to hug you like I squat to hug my toddler? Like, please, I 6'3 is, like, tall for me. So I have a very limited pool to choose from here. Date the short kings, please. It's easier for you. It's impossible for me. Thank you. I feel like we are the world should be playing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Short guys or tall women should all get in a studio somewhere and do some kind of song for this thing. (laughs) As a guy that is 5'4", as a guy single, uh, yes, she is right. The dating pool for short guys and tall women, it's a shallow pool. It's a shallow pool. So when short women date these tall guys, it takes the water right out of our pool. See, she's not a girl's girl because why is she putting this on me? Because the guy has a say in this too. Why don't you be talking to the tall guys and say stop dating shorter women? Because it ain't my fault that he don't want you. It's not my fault that he's into the fun size candy. And I'm just here along for the ride because I do enjoy a taller man. Why? I mean, if I was a tall woman and I was a tall man, you may just hit the genetic lottery with your kid. Why would you not be seeking that out? Right. I'm not going to lie. I like shorter women. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. I don't even know why. I've always hear like like what Abby kind of just said. Why do tall women like smaller cars and shorter women? And I I don't know, but I like both. It, it, I, I can't explain it, but I do. What is the tallest woman that you have ever dated? Uh, maybe five seven, about yeah, about five six five seven. Okay. I would say. And I don't like. I don't. I would if I ever. Hit it off with a taller woman, I, it wouldn't be a problem. Uh-huh. It wouldn't like I wouldn't run okay. from it, but it's it's just never happened. Okay, what's the shortest you've ever dated? Uh, and how tall are you again? I'm six three. Okay. Um, about five four. Wow. Yeah, about five. I, was, mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt yeah. I felt the pain. I felt the look. I, you didn't have to look got, at me like I that. I got pissed real quick. <laughs> I saw it. Five four is my target. You're not allowed to do that, man. You can't, you can't steal out of that that pool. <laughs> Well, for what it's worth, it didn't work out. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. I hope she's with a nice short king right now. What is the shortest you will date? The shortest I will date? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I've been out with short guys before. So, I mean, the shortest guy I've ever gone out with was shorter than me. Granted, I didn't go into the date thinking he was shorter than me. I just showed up and I was like, ah, oh, this is a fun surprise. Um, this isn't what your profile said. But the... The shortest guy that I went on multiple dates with, um, he was probably 5'9". He was 5'9", which I feel like is is an acceptable height. That's uh, like average. According to this I woman. Know, right? <laughs> acceptable. <laughs> it's okay. At some point or another, 
the the requirements will come down more and more and more. And at some point, you're going to come in here and go, guys, I'm dating a guy that's 5'5". Five, five. <laughs> <laughs> It'll happen. Mm-hmm. It'll happen. The Burt Show. All right, Kristen. So mm-hmm. she accidentally sent this text to her boss. Uh, she thought she was sending it to a friend because she was really frustrated by the boss, and she ends up sending it to the boss. Yeah, she thought she was sending it to her sister. So she's has been at this job for six years. She loves her job. She loves her coworkers. But it was just a couple months ago that the it was just a couple of months ago that the old boss left, and they got a new one. And she cannot stand him. Um, every day she's calling her sister on the way home, venting. And then the other day, he just wasted a ton of her time and fellow co-workers' times, uh, co-workers time rearranging his office and then not liking it and having them move it all back, right? And so she was so peeved by this that she took pictures and sent it to whom she thought was her sister. But because she was, I guess, blinded with rage mm-hmm. and thinking of the boss, she sent this text and sent these photos to the boss instead. And she was in a sheer panic Friday morning when she was talking to us because she was going into the office. She didn't know how to handle it. I said, jump on that grenade, own it. Everybody else said, uh-uh, mm-hmm. don't say nothing. Uh-uh. Pretend like you have no idea what's going on <laughs> yep. and just hope he doesn't say anything. That is the most stressful drive of your life on the way into work, wondering, okay, is he going to hit me up? Uh, am I going to get immediately get the call from HR saying that we need to talk to you at 1030? Because once HR is in it, you know you're dead. Dead man walking. All right, so she sent us a quick update. To let us know how everything went down on Friday. Burst show. I was too nervous to be proactive like I had planned. So I kept my trap shut. He said nothing to me all day until the very end of the day. Oh, that anxiety <laughs> is pinging all day that long. Was, that was calculated also. I'm, I'm sure. going to let her sweat it out all day long. As I was about to leave, he called me into the office. Oh. He just said, I'm sure by now you realize that you sent a text to me that was intended for someone else. I said, yes, I realized it, and I'm so sorry, and I know I should not have sent it. Then he asked who it was intended for. I told him that it was intended for my sister. I was shocked by his response. He said, okay, well, you have every right to vent or complain about work to people in your personal life. So if you're frustrated with me, You are allowed to be. All I care about is if the job gets done. So say whatever you want to say to your sister as long as you're professional in the office. I agreed, and that was it. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. That's a good dude right there, but it's a a trap. He's just waiting. (laughs) (laughs) He's just waiting for you to stumble the next time. I wouldn't try it again. I mean, that's a bold, like, I mean, for him to ask who was this intended for, I think, is to, like, if she would have said somebody in the office. Yeah. But then, like, we talked about last Mm -hmm. week, now you got somebody who's acting as a cancer and spreading negativity, and you're going to have to do something about that. Right. That's such a mature way to look at it. I mean, and he's right. Like, everybody does that. I don't think anyone alive has never not done that. So, I mean, obviously, sending it to your boss is an issue, but I, I didn't see this in a million years. I'm I'm actually shocked that he handled it this way. Are we impressed? I think we're impressed. I think I'm impressed. a little bit impressed. Yeah.
Yeah, I feel like it's best case scenario. It's really all we could have asked for that A, she didn't get fired and B, he acknowledges the fact mm -hmm. that she has every right to be able to say what she wants about what's going on in this office to anybody outside the office. So I think it's a wake up call for him. Hopefully, I hope he got that text and thought, hmm, maybe I shouldn't make my staff rearrange yeah. the office at the end of the day. And B, it'll be a wake up call for you that you make sure you keep your trap shut about anything going on in the office to other people because the second he catches wind, that you're gossiping, that could be your downfall. I'll tell you what this has to do with also her job performance because if she, if she sucks in the office, yeah. he's probably looking for a reason to let her go. So she must be pretty valuable because that would have been the opportunity right there. I do also wonder as mature as his response was, I mean, we're all human at the end of the day. So I I, I wonder if even though he said <laughs> yeah. that, how does he really feel right. deep inside? And is he actually going to look at her a little different? Just because he was taking the professional high road here. He still got something for There's her. something in there. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Um, Abby, let me ask you a question here, okay? Just because we have a couple of seconds before we get out of here. So, you know, there was this old cliche back in the day that old people went to bed early and young people, you guys have all the time in the world, so you stay up late, you go out, and you don't get to bed till like 11, 12, 1 o'clock, and then you do it all over the next day. What time? You have... You're not the, the rule because you have to get up early, but generally, what time do you and your friends go to sleep? Uh, we're all early birds, and I wasn't before this job. I would honestly push it as far as I could. Um, I always had trouble sleeping, so I'd be like, oh, it's midnight. I guess now is an acceptable time to go to bed, but ever since coming here, I'm like in <laughs> bed by 8.30. Yeah. Like I am full grandma status. I have my mint tea. I have my skincare routine, and I would say majority of my friends are like this, if not worse. Like I have the most like nursing home friends. They have the same set of pajamas. It's silky. They have their <laughs> hair wrap and we are well rested by the time 6 a.m. comes around. So Wall Street Journal just did an article confirming what you just said is just that most in their 20s now are going to bed between like 9 and 10 o'clock. Yeah, I think it's because we have so much research from the Internet about how bad sleep deprivation is for you that I think we're like, OK, maybe a let's cut back on the alcohol too, and B, let's go to bed before midnight, at least before 12. You know, we can make it happen. That's exactly what this said, is that most people now realize how important sleep is. <clears throat> so rather than staying out all night, you're getting your sleep in your uh, in your 20s. Now. Yeah, we got to get our beauty rest. If you listen to The Burt Show, you know we call romantic alone time piano playing. And if you want to get a little bit better at playing your music sheet between the sheets, the best way to get started is to go to adamandeve.com right now. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item, plus free shipping and rush processing. And that's not all. When you select your one item, you'll also get a free kit that includes an item for him, a special toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. The kit includes six free movies for your viewing pleasure, and Adam and Eve wants to make your life easy. They've got discreet shipping as your privacy is a priority, plus 100% free shipping with rush processing on your entire order. Bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your piano playing room. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item, something adventurous or something you've always desired. Just enter code Abby, A-B-B-Y at checkout. That's Abby, A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount at adamandeve.com.
Eating better is just one of the things that makes me feel better. And you know what also makes me feel better? Not having to clean up my kitchen when I just want to eat. This living alone thing is great until you realize you're responsible for all the cooking and cleaning around the apartment. And something that's been really helpful for me around mealtime is Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You've got over 35 different options to choose from each week, including Calorie Smart. Protein Plus and Keto. Each meal takes about two minutes to heat up and there's so many yummy options like pancakes, smoothies, and more. Also, you know I love an afternoon snack and there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is also super flexible, so if you want to pause and skip for a couple of weeks, you can totally do that. Head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off the bird show all right i have said before that if there's any infidelity that goes on in the relationship it is very difficult to get back to 100 trust but just how close can you get in lorelei's uh case here it's pretty far still hey lorelei hello good morning okay so give us the history of the dating the infidelity and the frustration you're feeling right now um so partner and I have been together for almost 13 years. Um, in a couple of months, it'll be 13 years. We're in our fifties. So we got together when we both had kids. Um, I was divorced. He was separated. My daughter was three. His son was 10. Um, and you know, we built our families together. We, we built a blended family together. I became a mother to his son. He became a father to my daughter. Um, all of that. Um, I supported him through a very contentious divorce and custody battle. Um, so much to the point where I actually co-signed on a mortgage so he could save his house to buy her out. And that's where we live today. Um, and you know, ultimately he's, he's from Europe originally and he, at one point decided he needed to move back home because his parents were not doing well. They were quite elderly. So I supported that. We did a long distance thing for two years and um, his son didn't want to move. So his son stayed with me and I became a guardian for his son. So when I say I've supported this man, I've supported this man through yeah. it all. Um, and, um, you know, we went through COVID together. I joked that we spent two years, 6,000 miles apart, and then two years, six feet apart, and we survived, mm. so we were good, so mm. I thought. Um, six months ago, he came to me and told me that um, he had been having really strong feelings about wanting to cheat, like he wanted to explore dating other women, and he didn't want to actually cheat on me, and so he was telling me, and he thought the best thing was to move out um, so he could be free to explore that, so... I was shocked. I was devastated, um, convinced him that we should do therapy first because, again, this is more than a decade. Let's try to save this. And he agreed, and we went through therapy. And in the meantime, he was looking at apartments um, but never pulled the trigger on anything, never actually signed a lease, um, got to the point where his mom was not doing very well, and she ended up passing, and he had to go back home in October. Um, he bought a ticket um, to be there for four months, so he's still there now. Um, and before he left, I asked him, like, what's your intention while you're there? Are you going to date? Um, what's going on? Because if you're going to date, then I'm going to consider this relationship over, and I won't be here when you get back. And he told me, no, I'm not going to date. I don't want that. Um, you know, since then, we've talked to the therapist some more. He's come back around and said, like, he doesn't want to end this. He wants to be in this relationship. 
Um, and so that's kind of where we are, but he's there. I'm here. Um, we use find my friends on our phones so I can see where he is. And on a few occasions I saw he was in, you know, random places around his home city that I didn't know of. And it looked to be a very residential location. There were no businesses around and he was there till midnight sometimes. And so, um, I was distressed and concerned. Um, but ultimately next time I talked to him without me even asking, he would say, Oh, you know, yeah, like I went to the movies with Steve last week or whatever. And and it, it explained it, but that didn't stop me from being concerned the next time I saw it. And so finally I confessed to him, like, I'm having these feelings. This is really hard for me. It's really causing me concern and emotional distress. Um, and his response was, well, just don't look at my location. Well, that's not going to happen. And so I asked him, can you just tell me beforehand, tell me what you're going to do. Give me your plan. Just send me a text saying, hey, tonight I'm going to go to the movies with John. Um, just so I'll know. I told him, I'll believe you what you tell me. I just, it would be nice to know beforehand. And his response was, well, you know, I can turn off the locator, right? Um, so then that caused me to be thinking, am I being unreasonable? Is this something that's reasonable for me to ask in this, in this circumstance? Um, cause I don't want to be unreasonable, but at the same time, I need my feelings to be heard and met and understood. So what's the question? Are you being unreasonable? Um, okay. So in the, in the very beginning, he told you that he was having feelings to, um, be with other women. Then he moved out, did the right thing, didn't cheat on you or anything like that. Then you guys get back and he said he doesn't have those feelings anymore, but you still feel like, man, even though you didn't cheat. You had those feelings back in the day. How do I know you don't have them now? Is that what we're at, basically? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And he didn't move out, by the way. He never actually moved out. And okay. he never cheated, as far as I can tell. He okay. And so while he's yes. over, so while he's overseas, um, you want him to hit you up every single time he goes out and basically give you a play-by-play of what his evening's going to look like? At least if he's going to be out for an evening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this, my uh, thought is if he were home if he didn't come home until midnight he would tell me where he is may, may I just really quickly just for one thing sure. just for a second mm-hmm. um, you know what I'm really starting to realize is that relationships just shouldn't be this difficult if you're in one that's this difficult you shouldn't be in it um, it really just shouldn't be this hard. I think healthy relationships are super easy. I mean, you're always going to have some things you got to talk about and conflict, but this right here is like at the core of your relate. It's too hard. Relationships yeah. are work. Everybody needs to put a work into a relationship, but a relationship shouldn't feel like a job. Right. And I feel like right now this feels like a job trying to track him and, and keep tabs on him. If I, if I'm being honest the fact that he was so forthcoming with you and how he was feeling and contemplating, you know, other feelings, feelings for other women, but had no intention of, of cheating on you, but wanted you to know. And then, you know, it came back around and it's like, no, this is where I know we planted that seed and it's, and it's hard to look past it, but he was honest with you and he was truthful with you. And you're going to have to lean into that. Having, he's, you're like his, you're acting like his mother right now, wanting to know like his every location. And you have his, you have him on your app. Like you can track him. The fact that he hasn't even turned that off. Like he knows you can see his every move. So he he shouldn't, he shouldn't have to check in with you. 
To me, the battle isn't really between her and her partner. To me, the battle is between her and herself. Like, she's really struggling with these insecurities. And I don't blame you because even though he was honest with you, he gave you reasons not to trust him. And it sounds like now he's surprised that you don't trust him. Because even though he didn't step out on the relationship, he still planted the seed that there's a possibility that it could happen. So I think you have to really sit with this yourself and realize you have to choose to trust him again. Because I think, yes, he has given you some reasons to doubt the relationship, but at the end of the day, like this is your partner of, of you said, I think 13 years. And mm-hmm. you, if you're going to be in this relationship, you have to make the active choice to trust him. And, and I think you should probably take a step back from tracking his location. I think that would be a healthy thing for you. I can't disagree with anything that has been said. I, this comes down to you having a conversation with yourself and figuring out what it's going to take for you to be able to trust him. It's it's that simple. Because even if you are checking his location, constantly wanting to know where he is, where he's going, where he's been, that's not healthy for you or him. It's not, it's not going to create a healthier environment. So at some point, you just have to ask yourself, can you truly get to a place of where you can trust him and allow him to be in his own space when he needs to be? And if you cannot, then you have to determine if this relationship is something you want to continue to be in. I don't know how you can turn off this kind of distrust overnight. So you can hear our words, right? And go, okay, you know what? Mm -hmm. I am. I'm holding on too tight. I'm just not going to do it. I don't think you're capable of it. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I think the damage is done already. And if you are sincerely asking him for you know, to tell you where he is all the time, this relationship is done. It is really, really over at this point. If you can't, if you don't have that kind of trust, let it go. Thank you. It makes sense. Okay. That's, that's kind of where I was heading and yeah. I didn't want to head there. But, it's one yeah. of those things where you don't realize like how bad it is until you're out of it. Then you're like, whoa, whoa, it's kind of easy over here. So chew on it. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Have a good day. We just told you to break up with your man. No, you did. <laughs> yeah. Don't look at us. Don't look at us. to go to therapy. Yeah, we should try to give us some hope. Have a great Monday. <laughs> Plenty of fish in the sea. <laughs> the Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. Jay-Z stood up for his woman on the Grammy stage. People are divided about how they feel about this. So some people are saying he absolutely should have stood up for Beyonce. And other people are like, she is the most Grammy decorated artist of all time. Don't call the Grammys out at the Grammys. So Jay-Z's up on stage. He's accepting a Global Icon Award, which is a, a huge honor. And he took that time to be able to, to be able to call out the Grammys for never awarding Beyonce for Album of the Year. I don't want to embarrass this young lady, but she has more Grammys than everyone and never won Album of the Year. So even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. (laughs) Think about that. The most Grammys, never won album of the year. That doesn't work. You know, some of you, some of you going to go home tonight and feel like you've been robbed. Some of you made it robbed. Some of you don't belong in the category. He was like, right after that, he goes, hey, yeah, uh, sorry, when I when I get nervous, I just speak the truth. <laughs> was it disrespectful or not? Uh, to me, I don't think it is. To me, they're Jay-Z and Beyonce. They're on such a level that... It, they just have that DGAF energy. Like they're mm-hmm. the Grammys don't need them, and they don't even need the Grammys. They're at such a level of stardom that like Jay Z can go up and be like, 
Isn't this ridiculous that she has the most Grammys out of anybody? I think she is 32. And she's mm-hmm. never once won the biggest award of the night. Like, how does that happen? So to me, it's not. But I could see how some people would be sticklers about it and be like, come on. Like, why, why are you going to be negative on such like, a happy night? Hmm. I, I might be biased, but I, I see nothing wrong with it at all. I mean, I do get the attitude of Jay-Z and Beyonce are so accomplished that why would he ever go up there and feel a way about an accomplishment? But at the same time, if they don't go up there and speak that kind of truth after what they have accomplished, then who's going to do it? And I, I feel like the, the Grammys get it wrong, especially when it comes to black music a lot. So I'm 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 never against a man going up there and defending his wife and defending her honor and speaking the truths in a moment like that. Plus it's February. No black person has ever done anything wrong. <laughs> Everybody know that. That's black history. Because I watched like two hours of it last night, and that's one of the um portions I got to see live. And like he he brought Blue Ivy up there, which is just like She's, she's not a, a little girl anymore. Like, she's a young woman. She looks so grown up in I that dress. Know. She did. So she's standing there next to her dad, and she's looking, and her dad's doing this, and she's mm-hmm. just like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but she was just taking it all in. And, of course, they were panning the camera. The camera was panning to Beyonce, and she was just standing there lovingly. And, yeah, he was just, he was a man in the moment. He didn't have, like, anything written out. He was just speaking from the heart. Yeah. and. It's it's what he felt and it's what he said. So you could stand up for your woman without slapping anybody at an award show. Taking notes at home. <laughs> uh, second thing is I love this for the relationship. I love it for the marriage. I just thought it was really really romantic. Uh, this isn't this what you want in your man right yeah, here absolutely. when he's got the opportunity to stand up and stick up for you, even when he is presented with award. He sidesteps a little bit and says, "Hey, this is nice for me, but y'all have dogged my wife for a long time." I loved every second of it. I love that too, but I'm wondering if you're Beyonce or if it were me and then I won album of the year later on, I wouldn't feel like it was genuine. I would feel like it's only because my man put you on blast. I don't think you got to worry about that now. (laughs) (laughs) You're Beyonce. (laughs) I don't think she cares. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think they're doing just fine. Uh, I think you got off the stage and the Grammy folks are like, we're going to take that back now. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Glad you had your time. (laughs) I saw... the, the award came from Dr. Dre. They can't take it back. Okay. <laughs> I saw on Twitter somewhere that Beyonce probably told Blue, Blue Ivy, like, hey, enjoy this right now because this is probably going to be our last one. <laughs> right. Well, I also love, too, like the representation of support that they're uh, showcasing for Blue Ivy. Like, like mm. you deserve a man that's going to stand up mm-hmm. on a mm. national stage, mm. international stage, because everybody watches the Grammys and yes. defends your honor to a certain extent. So I think, like, what a beautiful example for your daughter of how a man should treat his wife. I didn't look at it that way. Now I think it's even more special that he mm-hmm. held their hand through it all. Yeah. That was even, yeah, it makes it even better. So great. Somebody else who was also being very candid on the Grammy stage was Miley Cyrus. She was in the middle of her performance for wow. Flowers. It was so good. <laughs> I loved her attitude during this thing, man. It was so good. And she decided to have a little snarky comment about why about how people were not singing along. I loved everything about her performance, and then she switched it up at the end and kind of made it a rock and roll song, and then with attitude pushed the mic over. I thought it was so good. It, it was, was so Miley. So rock and roll. I felt like that was a little bit of a, a nod to Tina Turner there at the yeah. end. Yeah. All right, Taylor Swift's new album will come out in April, but I'll tell you what the title may have to do with her breakup to her ex, Joe, on, our, on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. So they're getting a divorce because hubby couldn't keep it in his pants. 
And they've been trying to keep it a secret, especially from the church, and it looked like that was going to explode over the weekend. Yeah, her husband's been cheating on her, so that's why they're divorcing. They both come from conservative Christian backgrounds, and, you know, it's very taboo to get divorced in that community. And they both have a really great relationship with both of their parents. And their parents are also really good friends with each other. They all go to church together. So now she wants to know what she should do when she announces the divorce because she's like, they're probably going to want to know why. So she's thinking, you know, I want to protect him. But at the same time, if I don't reveal the reason, are they going to think that I'm actually the one in the fall? Are they going to think that I'm the one that's cheating? So she wants to know, should their parents know the actual reason or should she do what she thought she should do at the first place and protect their relationship and not say anything about the reason why they're divorcing? You know, and I said this on Friday also that people love to judge. Of course, not in the church, <laughs> uh, but people love to judge. And once she starts hearing these rumors that are going around that maybe she was the one cheating or she's responsible for the divorce, it was going to be really difficult for her ego to keep her mouth shut. You know what I'm saying? 100 percent. After hearing all your different opinions and advice, I made a decision that I believe is the right one for me. I've decided that I don't owe him any protection. It hit me that he didn't protect me when he cheated, so why should I jeopardize my own reputation to shield him now? So I decided to be transparent with my parents. I not only informed them about our divorce, but also laid out all the details about why it's happening. I spilled everything. Fortunately, they were incredibly supportive and understanding. The silver lining in all of this is that my parents have my back. They've promised to squash any rumors that might circulate at church or within their friend group. That even includes my husband's own parents. An even bigger bonus, they even offered to help financially with my attorney fees. As of now, he doesn't know I told anyone anything, but honestly, I don't feel any obligation toward him. I'm not going to be dictated by his timeline for this divorce. It's time for me to prioritize my own well-being. Anyhow, thanks for the help. What do you, th- what do you got? Can't be mad at it. I mean, I, I, I agree with what she said. At the end of the day, it was completely her decision on how she wanted to handle it. I personally would have went the privacy route because that's just me, but she doesn't owe him anything because, yeah, he didn't protect her when he cheated. So at the end of the day, if she chooses to be honest and transparent, I see nothing wrong with it. More power to her. Yeah, I mean, all she did was tell the truth. And for me, this isn't something that I could keep from my parents because if my husband's cheating on me, I want to talk to somebody about it. And because I have a good relationship with my mom, I would want to be able to talk to her about what I'm going through. And, you know, people can't help you if they don't know what you're going through. So I think she did the right decision, A, for her conscience, knowing that the rumors aren't going to be circulating around the church. But also now she has somebody who can walk alongside her through this healing journey. Yeah, it's a, it's a painful process. And so you have to do what's going to be best for you to help you get through that. And that was her, you know, confiding into her parents and having their support from an emotional, mental, and financial standpoint. And she's right. I mean, she, she doesn't owe him any protection. Um, if he doesn't, you know, if he didn't want people talking about him going outside his marriage, then maybe he shouldn't have gone outside his marriage. So as I was reading this, I was totally agreeing with you guys, but I wonder if your opinion changes if they have kids, because it would for me. Mm. You don't even feel like you should tell the parents or anyone just in case it could potentially get back to the kids? Uh, I think I have to know my parents enough to know that they can keep a family secret, Mm -hmm. but if I have kids... I don't want that getting back to their to my my kids. What happened? Um, 
and I don't want anybody talking poorly about my ex if we've got kids involved. I mean, it, it does change things for me. No, it, it changes things for me too. I'm, I'm, I feel the exact same way. I'm going the privacy route either way. Mm-hmm. I just, I just wouldn't want the the nasty details of my relationship to be like people's uh, form of entertainment at any point, mm-hmm. regardless of if it were me or my partner. I mean, for me, it doesn't change anything with regards to the parents. I would tell my mom or my dad either way, but I think it would change how I would talk about it within our community because, like, if you have kids, they probably go to Sunday school at that mm-hmm. church, and then you never know what's going to trickle down. So for me, I would still be honest with the parents because, I mean, that's family, but within friends or within any kind of community where it could get back to my kids, I would absolutely be locked in and not say anything. Like, you know who the people are in your life that can keep a secret or not, right? And think about this, like, if the parents are part of the church too, and they hear these rumors about the family breaking up, are they going to be the ones to cave in and go, what my daughter? <laughs> didn't, the infidelity didn't come from her. Or do you have to keep it totally safe? My parents are going to defend my honor. Yeah. 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 For mm-hmm. sure. 100%. Yeah. They're saying so. For sure. Oh. Mm-hmm. The Burt Show. All right. So I want to open up the Burt Show book of records for good reason. How much damage did your kid end up doing that you as the parent had to cover for in cash or how much did you have to spend because they either threw a bash they messed up the car they messed up the house something what did you have to pay one eight five five Bircha. and i'm asking this because my son got into a bit of a fender bender oh, oh no, no. Yeah. His first one? Uh, this is his first one. Yeah. Yeah, right? Um, the good news is uh, his fender benders didn't look nearly as bad as my oldest son's <laughs> fender benders. Those weren't <laughs> fender benders at all. Those were accidents yeah. <laughs> that I had to pay for. So I get a call from him like, I can't even remember what the night was. Maybe it was last Wednesday night. Uh, and I pick up the phone and I go, what's wrong with the car? And he goes, <laughs> How did you know something was wrong with the car? And I'm like, because that's the only time you call me, son. <laughs> I mean, you'll text, hey, how you doing? But the call comes in, I know something happened with the car. So he's 16 years old. So um, he gets into a quote-unquote fender bender, and I, I don't even know what all the details are. You know, my first question is, are you okay? Is the other person okay? And then how much damage was done to your car? And he said, oh, very little, like hardly anything at all. There's like barely even a scratch on it. And I'm like, how about the other person? And he said, it doesn't look like there's anything at all, really. It looks absolutely, there's a little bit of a scratch. So I said, do me a favor. Uh, And both of them had agreed, like, you know what? There's like nothing here. So let's not even get the police involved in it. So we're good. Uh, I said, okay, that sounds great. I don't know anything about this person, but go ahead and get their information. You give your information to them. And then, as I have been told, take pictures of your car and take pictures of where the damage was done to his car just so we, we have it. He says, no problem. So he takes some pictures and it doesn't look like there's any damage done really at all, right? So I get him a text from the guy that he ended up in the accident with who is a super, super nice guy and just also happens to have been a listener for 20 years. <laughs> so he knows Hollis as soon as Hollis says his name. I say to him, bro, is there any way, you know, it doesn't look like anything happened to you 
vice versa? Can we just keep this out of insurance hands? Because, you know, I'm already paying out of the butt for his insurance just for him being 16 years old. If there was no damage, I'm going to pick up the cash on this. And he says, don't look like it's a really big deal here. I got you, man. I'll take the uh, car to to two different places and I'll send you the estimates. And yes, we'll keep insurance out of it. I'm like, ah, thank you so much. I get an email two days later. He's like, well, I was wrong. There's more damage to the car than I thought there was. It's going to cost you about $4,200. What? What happened? Oh. So he has a very nice F-150 Lightning, uh, which is, they vary in different prices. But if you get the high-end one, it's an expensive truck. So he did some damage to one of the fenders. And you couldn't see it cosmetically, but underneath, there it was. Mm. And between two and three estimates are all saying the same thing. So it's going to cost me over $4,000. Oh, no. Ouch. $4,000 for a fender bender. Oh, man. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, That is wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. So make me feel better about four grand. Good morning, Burt Show. Who is this? Jen. Hey, Jen. Okay. How much damage did your kid do? Uh, Not my kid, but my brother. He was coming home from a high school game. He was kind of drowsy. He was in our neighborhood already, like 0.2 miles from the house. An animal darted out in front of him. He was so tired, he didn't react. Correctly, he ran into the front porch of a house <gasps> and into their car. The insurance dropped him after that. I bet. How much? Oh. Okay, so he hit a car and he hit a front porch. <laughs> how how yes, much did that so end up costing paid, your parents? Uh, they paid. Well, they paid for the damages, and then they gave the lady a thirty thousand dollars settlement check. <gasps> Oh, oh, my 30 God. grand. 30 and, grand. And that's a settlement yep. check. That's not yes. even paying for the damages. Yes. Damn. Right. Did somebody hit my porch? I need 30 grand. <laughs> yes. well, that should help you make you feel better. Yeah. That's what yeah. you asked for. Right. Yeah. What's yeah. 4,000? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, Dad, it's not a big deal. <laughs> Good morning, Sabrina. You're on the Bird Show. Hi. Good morning. Love you guys. Thank you. Thanks for being part of the show. Okay, how much? Um, It was... $5,600. My son, who is 16, um, out, drove his experience and hit a guardrail. Um, the body shop estimate, if we went through insurance, was going to be 12000 oh. <laughs> so, Yeah. So we, we, paid, we paid privately to get it fixed and not put it through insurance, but that was a big hit for $5,600. Oh, you man. are not kidding, man. Ouch. I literally almost like... <laughs> When I saw how much it was going to be. Hey, Tiff, good morning. You're on the Burt Show. Good morning. Um, I was actually the kid. I was, I almost had my temps, and my dad wanted to go for a drive. So I got in the driver's side seat and overcorrected and went right into the people behind us, their garage, the corner of their garage, <laughs> and cost a couple thousand dollars <sighs> for the damage. My dad had to say that he was angry. And that's how it happened. So my dad fixed it to keep insurance and everybody else out of it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's up with hitting, like, houses? <laughs> if you're going to do it, be the best. That's cool. what my dad always said. Good morning, Bird Show. Who's this? Hi, this is Maria. Hi, Maria. How much are we talking about? Um, so my son borrowed my car on my birthday, and he let his friend drive it and then decided on a gravel road that he would pull the emergency brake to try to drift the car. Oh, no. Uh-huh. And he pulled the emergency brake 
and flipped the car and hit a tree and it caught fire and like just they were okay but i i'm an attorney and to sit for the bar i had to pay off the full balance of that car that i owed sixteen thousand dollars on in order to even sit for the bar so it ended up costing you 16 grand yes with with your car on your birthday (laughs) Yes. Oh, the worst. Oh, no. Neat. Right. <laughs> One more here. Okay, I don't think we're going to do any worse than this. Hey, Melissa, good morning. You're on the Burt Show. Hi. Good morning. Um, actually, it was me. I crushed or totaled out two of my parents' BMWs. One was my mom's 535, and the other one was my father's first BMW, little 320i. So probably closer to, like, well, one is priceless. The first one was parked out. But the other one was probably about $60,000. Okay, hold on. Before, all right. First of all, you get into two different accidents, right? The first one is in like a classic BMW. Is that right? The first one was a classic one. It was actually, I wrecked that one second. There was a 320i classic BMW. And uh, the second one was somebody actually T boned me and bit the frame of my mother's 535 BMW. So, at least $60,000. Okay, I don't even put this on you. I put this on your parents. You shouldn't be driving around BMWs anyway. <laughs> so learn that for the first one. <laughs> yeah, that's, on you. that's on them. The Burt Show. We were telling you guys a little bit earlier that we spent a goodly amount of time together this weekend. We can't get enough of each other. <laughs> uh, our Burt's Big Adventure staff conference was this weekend, and it's when we all get together. Uh, we get a lake house, and we all hang out, but we also do some really important work. What, like, we look at all the applications for our families that are going on our 2024 trip in just a couple of weeks. I know. Same fast. Came really fast, <laughs> right? Uh, and we talk about what they have, and we talk about their backstory, and we also uh, make sure we are refreshed with our CPR protocols and all that. It's just a weekend of all of us hanging out and getting to know the families a little bit better. Um, And I was reminded that Look, with the trip right around the corner, you guys have done such an amazing job giving us gifts throughout the year for Burt's Big Adventure. I mean, that it's really been overwhelming. What we don't like to do is sort of take little deposits out of that money that you already have given us for like these little itty bitty things around Disney World, which even the smallest things around Disney World are expensive. Oh, the bubble wands are so expensive. So expensive. And as soon as a kid sees one, they want one. And of course, we oblige. Um, Yeah, so the month of February, we're doing the little give. And so we're just asking for five bucks. That's it. Um, You can do a one-time donation. You can do a recurring donation. That would be awesome. Um, But yeah, so five bucks. And the beauty of this month is our friends over at Zaxby's are matching your donations. So if you donate five bucks, that just got turned into 10. If you donate 10, that just got turned into 20. Um, And you can donate super easily by texting the word BERT, B-E-R-T, to 50155 or by going to BERTSBIGADVENTURE.org. Okay, so once again, that text is 50155 and all you got to do is text the word BERT, B-E-R-T. All right, we were talking about this some months ago, and it's finally out now. It's not it's not on Netflix, but Lake Lanier is being highlighted, and maybe not in the greatest way, right? Yeah, so I found it odd because 
we were on Lake Lanier this past weekend. Yeah, we were. <laughs> Nobody went in. Nobody, yeah. It was a little chilly. It was a little chilly. And so, um, and by the way, big thank you to the ARC at Lake Lanier because they hook us up so we can um, get everybody together for um, our conference, our Burst Big Adventure conference. But And nothing I, happens in the water in front of that place. No. No. no Other parts of Lake Lanier, but not in front of the ARC. Not in front of the ARC. <laughs> but, so it was so crazy that we were there um, and then came home and I'm scrolling and I saw the Shade Room had posted about Lanier Movie. So it's now streaming on Amazon Prime, right? And I even forgot that this was in the works and that this is actually out now. And so um, what the Shade Room had posted, and uh, they said, Lanier Movie got us on the edge of our seats, but some folks aren't here for it. Streaming now on Amazon Prime, the movie features the true history of Lake Lanier, which highlights the once thriving black community, Oscarville, Georgia. So if you didn't know the history of um, Lake Lanier, apparently... They flooded and just covered up mm-hmm. an entire city that was predominantly for our, for our black families, and it was a black community. Mm-hmm. And so, this is um, it, it looks it it looks to be like a horror film, but so again, it's called Lanier, and this is. This is somebody talking about some of the comments that people are leaving about said movie. Where are we going? It's something blue. Oh, Blake Lanier. Race has nothing to do with it. 1912. Oscarville, Georgia. You stand above what was taken from us as people. Someone like you would be able to do all this. There's someone out there. No! Good God. So in the next slides on the shade room, in the next slides on the shade room, um, there is somebody talking about some of the comments. And so somebody said, another movie that's racist against white people. Uh, we should um, ship y'all in your wokeness back where to your, where you came from. Wow. Yes. Oh, so the racists are upset. Yes. Okay. They are very hey, upset. When that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Making a typical lying movie, trying to pass it off as real events, bleeping joke. Um, but that actually, I mean, yeah, it's a horror film, but that that's exactly what happened. This is going to be based on real events, but obviously it's for Hollywood also. So it's going to be blown out of proportion, right? Yes. Disgusting attempt. Huge fail. Trying to control a narrative and brainwash everyone into thinking um, that blacks deserve more than the rest of us. And I was Come like, on. happy wow. Black History Month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the timing of it all. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should have waited until March on this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so she goes and she puts her mother-in-law in place on social media, is it? No, she went topless in front of her mother-in-law to prove a point. And everybody, are, they're like, you are amazing. You are our idol. You are glorious. What she do? All right, so this was an Am I the A-hole from Reddit. And she goes, I've dreaded posting for a while because I'm afraid I might be the A-hole. Um, she then explained, uh, proceeds to explain that her husband's parents and his brother came for a month-long visit from Italy after she had a baby. She goes for contest, uh, context, if it makes any difference. I'm German. Husband and his family are Italian. The baby was three months old at the time, and I breastfeed her. Usually, I just nurse on the couch in the living room, but because company was staying, I go to the bedroom. After I nursed her, she fall asleep, take a nap. I have some free time. Since family was visiting, I tried to plan her naps around our meal time to spend time with family uninterrupted. 
My mother-in-law has this thing that when food is on the table, you be there pronto. Sometimes I'd be late coming to a meal because babies can be unpredictable and she wouldn't fall asleep right away or nurse longer than normal. To this, my mother-in-law would barge into my room, announce food was ready, all impatient. This startled the baby, made the process last much longer. The result is I had to eat much later than everyone else alone and the food was cold. It left me fuming. More work to do with the baby and I'm secluded. So she went on to explain that this occurred several times. She asked her husband to talk to his mother about how disruptive the behavior was. He talked to her, but she still did it anyway, right? She goes, so I simply decided to stop being late for dinners. The next time she barged in my room Mm -hmm. and announced food was ready, I came without hesitation. I came to the table exactly as I was. No shirt, half a bra, <laughs> baby hanging on, one boob. Go get him, mom. Uh, she then explained that nobody could see anything because, you know, the baby, baby's head covered the exposed breast. And she goes, of course, that didn't matter to her mother-in-law. As she went on to uh, describe, ensue up- uproar. Goes something like, mother-in-law exclaims, what the hell I'm doing at the table like this? I'm indecent. There are men at the table. I should be ashamed. I yell back, what the hell does she keep calling me to the table for if I'm not ready yet? I have no reason to be in my room alone with the baby while everyone else is out having a great time together. Brother and father-in-law are trying not to get in on the argument. Husband ushers me back to my room and scolds me, taking my mother's side. Wow. She then demonstrated more grace towards her husband. Um, she goes, uh, he gets I'm frustrated, but this action didn't help anything. Um, but nonetheless, her actions resulted in actual solution. She goes, after that, my mother-in-law didn't bother again I while bet. I was busy with the baby. I bet. So what if I came to some meals a little later uh, after everyone had started eating, the roof didn't cave in. And so, yeah, everybody is basically like, you're a goddess. Good for her. <laughs> it's super well played. Yes. Certainly proved your point. Right. And you got the job done. I don't see nothing wrong with it. Spurt show. The Burt Show.